Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Tigers Talk Rugby. Before we get started, I'd once again like to thank Tiger Vision for everything they do for us, providing facilities and equipment. Uh, we love doing this in and out every week, and thank them for sponsoring us. So with that, I'm Ethan Richards. I'm CJ Bakel, and I would like to introduce a new member of the, to the team. Uh, so I would like to first introduce Beckett Rice. He is the current... Uh, secretary for the Clemson Men's Rugby Club, but now we're, we're bringing him on as our chief of branding. So we'd like to give him a nice warm welcome. Yeah, so thanks guys. It's great to be here. Great to be a part of the team. So, you know, yeah. we have to you know, bring you on the show for your first uh, first time. So we got a good one for you. Oh, yeah, he's going to be helping out. So to give a little bit of an idea of what he'll be doing with us, like he'll be helping out with the social media stuff and reaching out to companies and helping us get to things like we want to get our podcast on Spotify, which is a goal for this, mm -hmm. this season's um, podcast. And, and like uh, we're trying to go to a couple games like the ATL rugby game since that's pretty local for us, and he'll be joining us for those experiences as well. Yeah, and like trying to you know reach out to those teams and maybe get a little uh, sideline passes and stuff <laughs> like that. So he might get some media passes. Get a little mm -hmm. You know, get a little bit of a, you know, you know fingers crossed and on things that. like that. But uh, yeah, so again, welcome to the team. And uh, why don't we uh, first start off with some news from the last week? Yeah, so uh, some big news from this this weekend uh, for the USA Seven side. Um, it's been a rough start for the um, HSBC Seven series this year. Um, but when we played in Sydney this past weekend, we finally medaled. We we placed third. We beat England in the uh, third place match, and uh, finally are starting to put ourselves on the board. Um, we now tied with Australia for points, and, and hopefully with the next six uh, tournaments to go, we will push ourselves and raise ourselves higher in the standing and, and maybe achieve what we did last year with placing second. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. It's not, it's, it's not as good as what we hoped compared to last year. You know, yeah. last year becoming second place only to like behind Fiji. Well, bad. the good news is we're already is they've already qualified for the Olympics. That's so true. now it's just I guess sort of this season they just got to work out what's going wrong and figure out what they did last season and get back to that so that by the time the Olympics rolls around they'll be ready to go. And a good thing also is that they're at full health. Mm. You know, they have basically all their key players back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm I'm hoping to see us ri rise in the standings as time goes on. Uh, Maybe we'll be a little bit more experimental. Who knows? Hopefully, hopefully, that'd be awesome. So, in other news, CJ. In other news, some uh, Super Rugby news. I have a couple uh, couple headlines. The Sun Wolves uh, beat the Melbourne Rebels, thirty six to twenty seven. So, some might say this is upset. I don't think so. <laughs> we know you how know, you feel about anything. I, you, anything teams. Japanese rugby, I'm a big fan of it. You know, uh, like I said, I predicted, uh, you know, Japan stealing everybody's hearts in the World Cup, and I'm <laughs> never going to live that down. And uh, with the Sun Wolves, I think that they're going to do better this year. Obviously, they've won already one game in the first round, so that's great for undefeated. them. Yeah, they're exactly. They're <laughs> undefeated. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, they could stay that way. But um, 
And then also the Jaguares won at the same time. And I think this is like the first week in a couple of years that both the Jaguares yeah. and the Sunwolves have won in the same week. For those listening, if you're interested and you enjoy watching Super Rugby, we'd love to know if, it, like, when the last time the Jaguares and the Sunwolves won in the same weekend. Might never um, happened. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I personally, I can't think of a time off the top of my head. Because I feel like that's finally showing that other regions, like mm. other than what's considered the power regions in in Super Rugby, like the big three, yeah, the big three yeah. are like showing some prowess early on in their in the league. Well, I mean, Jaguars last year made it all the way to the to the final. That's just, true. That's they're one true. game away from winning the whole thing. So yeah, yeah, they've and had they. It's just like nice to see that consistency. Yeah, like, exactly. They're continuing in, it. Yeah, so. yeah. So in some sports, you see a team like they'll go all out and and they get have to like the finals. And, and then, like, the next year, they're at the bottom yeah, of the table. Yeah, like a fluke season, like yeah. uh, Leicester in the um, soccer premiership a couple of years ago had. Right. Big season and then dropped off. Right, exactly. And so I'd love to see – I want to see Jaguars succeed a lot more this yeah, year Yeah, no bias down on this side of the table, but I definitely want to see the Jaguars succeed. Oh, yes. That's totally. my team <laughs> for everybody who needs to know. <laughs> they beat the Lions 38-8. to eight. Yeah, I was good. good. Big fan of that because uh, who doesn't – who doesn't like that? Quite a bludgeoning right there. So, so for us, that was our big news for this week. Um, oh, oh, we have one more. I have season. one more piece of news. This is this was not so much a new like it's not breaking news. It's not like great news, but it's like it's it's like idiocy news a little bit. <laughs> I guess it's like kind of funny okay, that yeah. the uh, this last weekend the Hurricanes and the Stormers played. Oh yes. Oh my goodness. And they were wearing. The same uniform. They were both wearing practically. Practically, okay, so both in the same blue. They, yeah, they, the Hurricanes who normally play in yellow, like a bright yellow, ended up playing in their blue uniforms against the Stormers, whose home uniforms are blue. Yeah. So mm. when you look at the, you look at the <laughs> highlights, yeah, you you just watching like. Guys in blue fly all the looks like a scrimmage. Try to figure out which team. Yeah, it was like, it looks <laughs> I'm sure they were trying to figure that out. Too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Hurricanes were trying to figure it out too because they didn't put up a single point. Mm. <laughs> it was the Stormers stomped them 27 to zero. So yeah. I guess the Hurricanes were seeing double. Yeah, maybe I mean, Bowden Barrett was in charge of uh, ouch. Uh, jersey selection. <laughs> well, I guess now that he was a, he's with the Blues. Oh, oh, Blues, blue jerseys. Oh, wow. I just think it's kind of funny. Yeah. No, that that is that's a that's a that's colossal a screw up. In, in, in honesty, like like it's not that hard when you're selecting jerseys to be like, oh, well, their home jersey's blue, yeah. so maybe we shouldn't <laughs> wear blue, you know? But, uh, <laughs> oh. I mean at that level you cannot be doing that. That's yeah. like a mistake you make in high school. Yeah. That's yeah. Not at the not the second the highest level, level in in the world behind only international rugby. Yeah, I mean, so. yeah. So moving away from the news that we had for this week, um, let's talk the first weekend of Six Nations. Yeah. So uh, first first uh, game of the weekend was Ireland versus Scotland. Ireland won nineteen to twelve, and looks like Johnny Sexton had a day. Mm. Yeah, so Be- Beckett, you want to elaborate on some of that? Oh, well, for, for first off, the score 19 to 12, um, it really could have gone either way. Scotland had two tries, 
that they just whiffed on. Stuart Hogg, right in front of the line, as he was going to dot it down, knocks it on. There's seven points that they don't have. Um, although it was at a hard angle, so maybe it would have been five, but still. And then Maitland had a nice interception, but didn't have the legs. And Ian Henderson was able to track him down. And Scotland ran through two more phases and got called for holding the ball on the ruck and lost the ball. So the two tries there would have allowed, would have numerically allowed them to win unless maybe something else happened. Um, Johnny Sexton was fantastic in the game. He put up 19 points. He put up every single point that Ireland had. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Between between the try that was uh, quite beautiful. Uh, oh, nice little quick hands from Keen Healy and uh, Connor Murray to Johnny Sexton in space. Great try. Beautiful yeah. try. Nice soft hands from a big man. You like to see it. Oh, yeah. And then and converting his own kick and then oh, yes. putting up the rest of the points like in, in the penalty kicks he had achieved. Uh, not, not to say that there weren't a couple mistakes for Ireland. Oh, not at all. Giving, giving Scotland easy penalty kicks themselves mm -hmm. with four uh, uh, early in each half. Well, roughly. Um, definitely early in the first. Um, but it's, it's showing that they are still like fallible to do that after their World Cup performance where yeah. that was an issue. Well, I think it shows perhaps the uh, progression of Scotland under Townsend. I mean, they were out with, without Finn Russell for this game, and a lot of people probably wrote them out because, like, I oh, did. they don't have Finn Russell. But they very nearly, this game easily could have been a draw or a win for Scotland. Yeah, because you look at the, like, the possession statistics, and it's like Ireland, Ireland-Scotland was pretty even, 51-49 mm -hmm. uh, in favor of Ireland. And then the territory was 46-54 in favor of Scotland. Mm -hmm. So... The game, the stats like show that it was a very even game, just like across the board. Like tackles were about the same at 170, uh, missed tackles there was about 20 each. Each had like five or had seven uh, turnovers uh, via knock on. So it's it seems like it was an even match. I just don't. I think that if they had Finn Russell, then that would put them over. Or if they just had not Stuart Hogg just hadn't knocked it on. Yeah, if if Stuart Hogg so theoretically it would have been a two pass. point game or or a, or a draw or It'd draw. be a tie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so like when you look at it in in a situation like that, like you say like just based off of the points that they missed with that, like mm -hmm. it would have been a two point game at the minimum. Yeah, exactly. But the momentum that comes with a try score is is pretty pretty imperative. Oh, yeah. Well, unlike most sports in rugby, you get the ball back after you score. So that's a, yeah. that's a big thing, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. Unlike uh, <coughs> football or soccer, where the other team gets the ball. So it's, it's, it really shifts it. Yeah. So um, on that note, uh, yeah, the next speaking match. of momentum and, and <laughs> game control, <laughs> Wales, Wales obliterated. smacked Italy. It quite it a bludgeoning. Wales 42, Italy 0, and there was tries coming from Josh Adams, Nick Tompkins, and George North for Wales. Mm. Uh, it's a uh, lot of tries. <laughs> yeah. A lot of it's, tries. There was a disallowed try, too, because uh, of a knock-on. So there could have been even worse. Yeah. And, it's, uh, again, like, this game, Jeez. you look at the possession, though. Like, you look at what the game looked like on TV. Like, possession is, is a big thing for the mm. visual part of the sport. 
Italy had the ball for over half the game. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just, like, it's, it's tough to, to look at Italy and be like, how did you not do more? Okay, here's also an interesting statistic for you, that Wales had 10 turnovers via knock-on. Mm. Like, I think that's pretty insane, that they, that they turned over the ball basically 10 times just by, you know, mishand, basically. Mm. And Italy still wasn't able to capitalize at all. But another stat to come from it was Wales had 563 meters run. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, when you – I didn't get to see the game, but I watched the highlights, and I was able to uh, follow along in the score. Wales, I think you could definitely see just the difference in, in coaching and, and talent between Wales and Italy. With that being said, there's, you know, a regime change – a bit of a regime change in Wales as we moved on from Gatlin to um, Pivik, although he was an assistant uh, under Gatlin, I'm pretty sure. So they're probably still learning a little – Wales, they were a little bit floppy, so they're probably still learning um, some of the uh, new things that Pivik is looking to uh, implement into the team. So that was probably where the knock-ons came from, because they're trying to play a little bit more of a free-flowing game, is from what I could tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, with that, uh, I, I really don't know if there's much else to say about this game, because yeah. cause it's, it clearly shows that Wales is coming into the Six, Na- Six Nations or with, with some prowess and with yeah. a will, will and a want to to take the Six Nations. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Ethan, since you did this to me last week several times. Okay. Um, do you think Italy's missing Sergio Parise right now? Yeah, I do. I, I do. I, I think as a player, he was very key in as a leader and a, and a, a just perspective for the field and, and – as as a individual, his influence on the people around him, I think, is very important. And then now, Beckett, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. Do you think Georgia should take that spot from Italy? Ooh. Hmm. I think potentially this is this is, is sort this of too sl- early to say it. Well, this is. I mean, you can't say it's too early because this they've been in here 20 years now. They, it just it seems sort of like Italy has been regressing lately because. Maybe in the early years they would win a few. I, they haven't won a Six Nation game in what five, six years now. A while. So it's been it's a while. been a while. It's been a minute. So uh, perhaps maybe there could be a relegation system, and the low, the worst team, who, the winner of the wooden spoon, gets dropped down and replaced with uh, a team like Georgia, who play in the European uh, Championship, I believe, or what is it? Uh, the yeah, competition below them is right. like Romania you're and right. Spain. We. Look at something like that, perhaps. Yeah, maybe even a team like Romania or Spain to move up and be a part of the Six yeah. Nations. That'd be pretty sweet. It would. Like have a have an underdog team come in and maybe win a couple games against some of these big boys. Yeah. So, so uh, to further enforce your point a little bit, um, Italy has not won a Six Nations game and since uh, 2015 when they beat Scotland at the last in the last game of uh, their. Jeez, yeah, so it's yes. been a while. Yeah. Two um, World Cups ago. Yeah, and and so you look at that, and you're like, uh, like uh, one thing is kind of off topic in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a few years ago now, I believe, um, they there was a proposed system in which 
provided relegations for the entire world in yeah. international level rugby. Yeah. And uh, so you talked about relegations for the Six Nations a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, did that idea come from what you saw there, or did this is this something that you just feel you've seen in other sports that would you think would benefit this, or it works at lower levels? Well, yes, partially from that. Um, there were some parts of that plan that I didn't quite agree with too much on it, but um, for like uh, I think maybe because the thing is is um, with that plan there was like relegation and. Uh, I wasn't sure how like it would work logistically because it was for the entire world. I think mm -hmm. with relegation, you sort of need to make sure it stays within an area. The region. The region, yes. Because like I've seen, I've seen something. It's like Japan should hop in the Six Nations. I think that would be unfair to Japan because mm -hmm. they would have to do so much travel, and also unfair to the other nations in the Who Six have Nations. To have to travel all the way to Japan. So yeah, I, I agree with that point. Um, I see what you're saying. So so maybe split the split the. Divi divisions a little bit harder, and yeah, that, what that perhaps. plan was, but like moving in the right direction. Maybe yeah. we could like you could just split it up so it's like it, like Six Nations keep it solely mm -hmm. Europe, right? Just keep it solely to Europe. Keep you know have it like a relegation promotion system with that, yeah. and then the rugby championship in the in the southern hemisphere. Maybe you add like Japan, and then another team potentially maybe Fiji. potentially to uh, to it, and then. See what happens with that. Mm -hmm. Do a six north, six south. Yeah, exactly. And then maybe the winner of those uh, play each other. That would, that be, would cool. be wild. That would be pretty cool. That would be cool. Obviously, be we're spitballing cool. at this point, oh, yeah. theorizing. This but is how we fix the game of rugby. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, um, on that note, um, let's get let's reel it back in towards the Six yeah, Nations. Yes. That, let's get off that yes. tangent. <laughs> yeah. Um, to finish off the weekend's. Uh, Six Nation games with an unfortunate loss for England against France. Oh, unfortunate for you. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I've got a lot to say about this game. Uh, France, for the first 40, arguably the first 55 mm -hmm. minutes of the game, France was dominating yeah. England in terms of every side of the ball. Their kicking was phenomenal. Their defensive pressure was intense. And, and they, England was, frankly, dropping the ball left and right yeah. in comparison. And, and they were not, like, they couldn't break the line. They weren't, the, at any time they tried to make more than a few passes, they, somebody would drop it yeah. or, or, or cause some, like, a loss or a turnover. And so uh, it was just, it was France's game to lose mm. at that point, which is what started to happen in the last 60 minutes. Yeah, I I think well you talked about um, France France's defense was very they p applied great pressure to England. I think that comes with their new defensive coach from Wales. Mm -hmm. He was he who um, built up the Welsh defense last few years, which is which infamous. has been yes yeah yeah. So. so I think that's really helped them, and they have their their new um, head coach Fabian uh, Galith. I. I think mm -hmm. is how you pronounce it. I'm not I, sure. I don't want to. I don't think I could say I, I'm not <laughs> his name. Yeah, yeah I, I don't want to do it. So, but um, a couple um, stats for you boys. Um, mm -hmm. France won obviously 24 to 17 against yeah. England. Yeah. Uh, tries coming from Vincent Rote, Charles Olivier, and also Johnny Mave on England side. Mm -hmm. um, possession and territory were heavily in England's favor. 
uh, England had 61% of the possession and 70% territory. And but I think that came in the la- like the later minutes when of they the game. Started yeah, in garbage I mean, time, basically. I, w- I will definitely tell you, when I was sitting there watching the game, England did have quite a bit of possession. They just didn't do much. Even before the, the final... Uh, well, th- that's what I was talking about when I said, like, the French defense just continuously mm-hmm. drove England back. So, so like, England would run just, like, a pod right off of the rock okay. and, and, and with a, just a pop pass to the lead runner. And, and they would hit the line, take a couple steps backwards from the drive from the defensive mm-hmm. ball. So they weren't getting uh, any go forward. And they weren't getting any go forward. So, so their ball, like, they, the possession, the time of possession was relatively high in terms of that like yeah. that motion but the issue was was they weren't doing anything when they had okay. possession and and that's what i mean by like france's defense was just so aggressive and and eventually they started moving towards a kicking game and putting mm-hmm. it out out uh, and and forcing the ball into the french territory and consistently making it within the 5 meter and and dropping the ball like where you were talking about Stuart Hogg yeah. England was doing a very similar, having very similar issues of dropping the ball very close to the try zone or, or when they were diving for, for the try and, and driving to dot it down. Um, it just like, it was big, it was a big issue uh, for me um, watching that happen, especially like France's team is very young. Yeah. It's, it's this, this is the team made up of French like players who have been a part of like the suc- like the major success oh, that France the U- U20s yes. has had. <laughs> like they, they are now filtering into this international mm-hmm. roster and filtering in with fire. Oh, absolutely. I think it might be showing a bit of a turnaround for France and potentially could be, uh, I think, maybe a bit of a dark horse, this, uh, this Six Nations, because I think a lot of people were looking at England and Wales and possibly Ireland to win this. Right. But now France has come in. Especially after those World Cup performances. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Which uh, I think I think part of this, though, um, going back to that World Cup, because they did not play this game in the World Cup, France was angry. Mm, France probably. France Thanks. needed to prove something here. And, and that they're not going to be pushed around by the English. Well, well, it's not even that they're getting pushed around. It's just the fact that they should have been, they should have been a contender oh, right. for that first spot yeah. in, in pool stages. Yeah. And I think this was them turning around and saying, like, we can beat this team. Yeah. You know? I think it's, uh, yeah, like, like you said, they, wanna, they had something to prove because they, un- un- they definitely underperformed in um, the World Cup. They... They let uh, they let the USA hang around for the majority of the game. They played them, and Tonga was much closer to the game than it probably should have been. Yeah. So. So, um, who do you guys think are going to win it all for the Six Nations? Or is it too early to say? I think it's. I'm putting you on the spot again. I think it's too early to say. Come um, on, give me something. Definitively and obviously, give me something, I'm just going to pick England because oh. I'm I'm. Basic. No bias right I, I there. Think, I think it is probably a little bit early to say because other than Italy, I think all the teams look competitive. Scotland was very competitive with Ireland. Um, and England and England and Wales. England and Wales very competitive. And Wales, they're the, they're the reigning champs, reigning Grand Slam champs. I would 
probably lean towards uh, Wales to probably repeat. Maybe not as Grand Slam winners. I think they might lose one. But uh. yeah. Wow. Okay. So I think we've filled all of our conversation for Six Nations. Yeah, anything um, international. Let's uh, yeah. Let's bring it let's back bring it into back the, the domestic. domestic. Yeah. We've so got starting this weekend. God. So excited for this. MLR, yeah. baby! The long awaited return. So long for this. Yeah, it I, just seems like this offseason was forever. Oh, but I, I just, I'm so I, joyous to know that domestic professional rugby is continuously growing. And, yeah. it's, and, it's, and it's at a stage where like, we can be like, there are competitive teams that we have <laughs> right now that we can talk about. Well, yeah, like, like right now, we're gonna go into our predictions for the next weekend. Oh and gosh! It, it's gonna be every tough. game. We're every predicting game. every game. I mean, come on. I was not game. prepared. It's for only it. six games. Um, <laughs> it's only six. Games. <laughs> yeah. Just give okay. me your best. Yeah. Um, so. So are you ready? Are you ready? For this? Well, well, well. Let's do. Let's do a little bit more discussion okay, on fine. because there was there was some. Oh yeah, that's right. There was some, some interesting news oh, from this last yes. week. Austin, Austin, the the Australian takeover in Austin, <laughs> being now changing their name and logo and branding and everything, I guess, uh, from the Austin Herd to the Austin Gilgronies. Interesting mm, name there. Very. Um, but Although their think, logo, I, I I will say, I think their logo is sick. Do you think the logo? The logo is nice. Yeah. I, 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 I think the, the name. But have you, I miss the blue. Yeah. I, I think the name will grow. Have you seen the new stadium? Oh, it looks fantastic. I want to go. They're playing at the Circuit of the Americas, which is like a, a Formula One circuit, but they have a, uh, they have a uh, like a soccer stadium yeah, on site yes. that for the thing, the Austin Bold. Right? Yeah, yeah. Which I is their, so. uh, so. which is like their soccer team, their minor league, or not minor league, but like USL soccer league. Second whatever. league, yeah. Yeah, yeah. second league so, uh, team, and that that stadium. It's probably the best one in the in MLR. Yeah. Oh, it's a, a it's some, big, some major changes that I think will benefit them in recruiting and 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 whatnot. And I think like if you go to somebody and you'd be like, oh yeah, this is where we play, you know, oh, like yeah, like and you go to somebody like we're playing at the highest level in the U.S. and we are playing in a beautiful stadium, right, against mm. good opponents, like. I think they like, and now they've got this new name change and this brand change. And maybe Adam Ashley Cooper. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Big uh, sign. Yeah. Has not been confirmed yet? I thought it was. I think they're still in talks right oh, now. Okay. Well, I haven't, it? it's not been posted on their Instagram yet, mm, but okay. it has been on the news that if you type in Adam Ashley Cooper's name, it says Adam Ashley Cooper and Jerome Mitchell, I believe, mm -hmm. to potentially sign with Austin. Yes, I think I did see that on uh, America's Rugby News. Yeah, it says it says uh, everything that you can find says specifically to sign with. Yeah, mm, to okay. sign. So he has not signed. So yet. it's not yet, but not like, finalized. I think with this new Australian takeover, it could potentially happen because mm -hmm. I think that this this uh, the the company might be like, okay, if you uh, come and play for our team, we'll give you like a portion of like the revenue or something like that. All the gogronies you can drink. All the gogronies <laughs> you can drink. I love it. Yeah, but so. honestly, I would love to see Adam Ashley Cooper oh. in that burnt orange. I, I want to go to Austin now just so uh, I can see him play. You know, well, I, I don't like burnt orange. Unfortunately, in July. 
I will be missing all of the Austin games. Again, like I've been saying for like the last couple weeks, it's like, this is, the MLR is nuts. I want to be able to go see every single team because Uh, every single team has like players that are amazing. Well, this year just looks, I think, like I want to go see Ma'ananu. I want to go see Basta. I want to go see the Beast. I want to go see Ben Bowden. I want to go see Adam Ashley Cooper. How am I going to watch all these teams? <laughs> uh, I, for me, I look at Austin and and like I want to be like I, I want to see them succeed. They have no. not yet. Yeah. They it's, have not found success. They Cleveland Browned it last year. So. Ouch! Ouch! Uh, so, I mean, he's not wrong. Yeah, but I want to see success there. So um, bringing it back away from that, that was big news for, for the MLR because that was the... Well, they also, I'm not sure if uh, they also, they have a new TV deal, rights deal, which is yeah. going to be huge for yeah. them. Yes, ESPN, that, that ESPN, Fox, yeah. Fox is going to be big. Actually, I don't even know if we mentioned that last week. Yeah, we did, actually. Um, so but that was, yeah, that was a last week's news type thing. Yeah. Yeah. He might, he might have fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, I really... I'm so excited for this se- this season. Just in like like not talking about each individual team, not talking about any I, of that. I'm excited to watch. I think it'll the major be league. the most exciting and the most wide open season they've had so far. Uh, agreed. Just there's like the new teams. They're just they're unknown, but they have good players. The mm-hmm. Beast in DC, they have great players, um, and all the old teams have revamped and reloaded their rosters. I mean, you look at Austin with potentially Adam Ashley Cooper, and I think it's going to be a great season this year. Um, Do it. Uh, yeah. So, ready? Okay. Yes. Let's, uh, okay. All right. So, next weekend, the, the first game is going to be Colorado Raptors and Houston Sabercats. I'm torn. Uh, yeah. And it's going to be in Houston at noon. So. This um, is the, the two teams, two of, my, two of my favorite teams. After watching Nola Gold, um, I actually, so. Uh, fun, fun little story. I was speaking with CJ's uh, dad um, yesterday. Kurt Fakel. Uh, yes. Shout out again. Um, I know he's going to be smiling right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, he was telling me about how Nola, Go- Nola Gold waxed Houston uh, in yes. their, um, uh, I guess, preseason, pre-season, pre-season match, friendly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I had to go try to find what I could on this game. Mm-hmm. And to me, that just, like, after what I found and, and seeing some of the domination that Nola Gold did, I'm going to have to go with Colorado Raptors. I, I don't see But was it the, uh, the, glimmer the full Houston. Houston roster, or was it more there? It was, it was quite full? a bit of it. Okay. It, was, I, it okay. wasn't, I, I don't want to be like, oh, it was everyone on their starting roster. Okay. But, like, I, I wasn't. It wasn't a second it w- side. Okay. It yes. wasn't. It was. It was definitely it was a good had. Yeah, yes, it was, it was a, a competitive team. Yeah. Um, um, I'm. I'm again. Like these are my two teams. Like two <laughs> teams. No, no, Rooney. Uh, Rooney that, on the <laughs> west side. I should say on the west. Well, uh, I mean, like Colorado. I'm, I'm obviously gonna cheer for Colorado. And then uh, Houston. Big fan of SaberCats. Um, I would think. Uh, I. Uh, I think to start off the season, last uh, so last season they played and it was at Viva Stadium and uh, Houston won. So I'm gonna say they're gonna repeat it and mm, beat Colorado. Interesting. Wow. I like. I like. Well, while Houston did go on that nice little winning streak at the end of last year to sort of turn around their fortunes, I think Colorado 
has uh, re- while they did stumble a little bit last season, will be much better this year. I think it'll be a close, very competitive game, but I'm going to go with Colorado. The next match on the list is uh, Old Glory DC versus Nola Gold on Saturday at 4 p.m. This is a tough one. Ooh. I'm excited for this. This will be a good I, game. Beast. I don't feel like the we've seen enough of beast. Old Glory for me to just be like, oh, it's going to be Nola or it's going to be Old Glory. Like, I think this might be a close match. Because you've got you've got literally a year of preparation from Old Glory. They started mm-hmm. early. They they, did. they they came to Clemson to recruit uh, at uh, one of the games this past like l- spring of 2019. Right. So so they've been preparing for this season. It's been a long time for making. so long. Yes. That I I think I think that they're they're going into this game with the preparation that they need. So I think it's going to be a close one. But well, who do you think is going to win? I think now on the other side of the coin, Jeez. Nola Nola has the experience in the MLR. They have the players who've been doing this for a while. But they'll be without Tristan Blewett, who it, I, I think arguably was their best player last year. Arguably, yes. He, I mean, he even got to try out for the Saints, the Saints NFL team. Yeah. <laughs> I just I think as a roster as a whole, because mm-hmm. they have – the experience in the MLR and how the MLR functions as a league, they will pull out barely a win. I Especially because it's at home. I'm going to have to agree with you, Ethan. I think Noah Gold's going to take this one to home. I think I'm going to uh, – you can't count out the Beast. I think this well, – Even the, if the Beast – do you know if the Beast is going to play? That's a big thing. Right? That is – if the Beast plays, I think Ogoy DC should have a real advantage – scrum time and advantage in the scrums is big and I think it'll be a close game but I think DC can pull it out so next game on the list potentially will be going to this game big potential apologies I was looking up rosters (laughs) (laughs) so anyway Utah Warriors at rugby ATL at Life University I'll be at this game yeah I know Beckett will be at this game and uh we're playing in Atlanta the day before, so mm-hmm. same field, same field too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say Atlanta because I want to be a local boy, and I want to root for the local I actually boys. Think so, but I actually but think ATL at the same time, ATL Rugby has put up a put a, put together a good roster. They yes, have, absolutely. They right. have a good handful of um. I, obviously, they they, <laughs> they release their roster. I they have on Instagram. Uh, yes. They have um, international some international props and Alex, uh, Mahan, I think. Yeah, and then announced. and then and chance chance Wangalas. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, so. I, so the other point that I want to put together is we were talking about it being at Life University. They have a handful of Life University players yeah. who have played mm-hmm. together for years. Yes. They even have the brothers. They have Duncan Van Schalkwick, and Harley Van Schalkwick, or no, 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 Harley, Harley Xander Van Schalkwick, yes. and the you. Harley boys. Yeah, yeah. Harley Both Wheeler, Harley, Harley Davidson, and Harley Davidson on the team. How do you Which have, is funny because they're, yeah. yeah. I mean, to have two wings on the, the on Harley the, boys, I love it. Harley Davidson's the all-time leading try scorer for MLR, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah he's, I, he's, he was yeah. amazing. He's a great player. He was, he was a good finisher. And then, like, Very. mad respect for Harley Wheeler, you know? Mm-hmm. He's, you know, a big you – know, on the International Sevens uh, roster, um, play, you know, plays, you know, nas- like for national championships at life. Like, great player. So I think his MLR debut will be, fa- like, a big one. Yeah, I, th- I think this, this team has a great debut for me. 
yeah. from for it. Yeah. And and then it's uh, again with the with the MLR expansion draft, mm -hmm. they have a couple players who they've pulled from other rosters, like Jason, Jason. like Jason Dom. Um, shout out. Uh, <laughs> but um, and so they're not coming into this as a fresh team that hasn't had time or preparation yeah. and doesn't have any MLR experience. They've got they've got the guys and yeah. they've got people who know how to succeed yep. coming into this team. So. I, and and because of yeah, that, and they also have the team. I had to pick because Again, a lot of these guys have been playing like, with each other. Yeah, so. and at, at lo like lower levels of rugby. Yeah, they know each other. So yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah, that, like, like I or like we we've been saying that we know some of these guys. Like mm -hmm. Jason, like we know Jason, Jay, like Chance, Harley, Harley, <laughs> and Xander. Yeah, like we played with them. We played against them. You know. We, it, it seems yeah. like that that squad is going to have, they have a, a lot team of talent chemistry. on that team. Yeah, and it's it's a young team too. So yeah, I'm, very young. Yeah, so that team is going to be looking good soon. I, I'm going to go with ATL, especially because of the uh, it's the home home advantage yes. against a team that's traveling halfway across the country. Yeah. Right, right, right. All right, next More game than. is going to be at uh, Rooney versus Rooney versus the New England Free Jacks, the MLR debut for the Free Jacks. All right, CJ, who are you picking for uh, this one? No bias. No bias. <laughs> I think, if, yeah, Rooney's going to win this one. Yeah. I'd yeah, have to agree. Fasta's gonna, if Fasta's playing, I think he's going to put up some serious numbers. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I'm going to have to Same go with you on this one. I think uh, Rooney had some moments last uh, year that showed – some gleaming of hope and, and whatnot. And they I have think a very talented pack and very talented back line. Yeah, and, and they have experience within high levels of rugby. That the highest levels. Yeah, the highest that. levels of rugby. Um, and I think they, they between their purely MLR experience and their level of talent and, and knowledge and age that mm -hmm. they have, I think they can, they outclass but Absolutely. not to say that I would love to see a new team come in and get smashed. I'd like to see him be competitive. Yes, yeah. yeah. I would love to see them come in and, like, make it a three-point game where they're up and winning at three points with 78 minutes uh, or 78 minutes into the yeah. game. Give them a good challenge. I yeah. think, yeah, if there was to be an upset this weekend, I think New England Free Jacks will probably pull mm. it off. Oh, I like that. All right, so I think the biggest opening weekend game um, on oh Sunday, Seattle versus San Diego. So we've got the two-time champions versus arguably the second-best team from last year. Now with Mao Nanu. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, now. Yeah, now. <laughs> Featuring Mao Nanu. So. He'll give my Seawolves a bit of trouble, I'm sure. So oh, really? Yeah. You, you don't have any bias towards the season. Not at all. Not no. at all. I, me? No. <laughs> but again, this is also at Torero Stadium where it is. It the is. championship yeah. was played last season. But, but Seattle's won both their championships at Torero Stadium. So is it really that big of a home advantage, home field advantage? But I like... I like That's a this. very valid point. I like the like the branding and the media and everything about mm -hmm. in this game that they're making it as if this is like the like the rivalry. Oh, yeah, like yeah. The, I think that this is probably. I the think best this is rivalry. the rivalry. Yeah, in this the West. is the biggest rival. No, I think this is the the, the biggest rivalry. Okay. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I yeah, I don't think you because half the teams on the East are new. I don't think yeah. you can define an Eastern. The rivalry. only I other mean, the rivalry only thing is like Houston and Austin, but like. 
yeah. think the Seawolves and the uh, um, Raptors for a little bit there had a rivalry going. Yeah, but that's I think also it's true. For the first year. First year, yes, just because they were two top dogs. Yeah, but. so um, yeah. Uh, I don't want to predict this game. I, I'm going to be honest. You're going to call a tie? I No, yeah, I'm not going to call a tie. Um, you're part of I will part say, of I will say, I, because. Give me your take. Because the Seawolves are coming off of such good success, mm-hmm. and they're not afraid to go to this stadium and play and play their heart okay. out and, and dominate teams, mm-hmm. uh, I think the Seawolves will take it. Yeah. I, no bias here. <laughs> I think I'm going with the Seawolves too. They just, their forward depth, I think, is probably the best in the league. Just the amount of quality back rowers and locks and even yeah. some front Led by Rikert Hatting is yes. I think it's gonna be a good one. And Brad Tucker and player Brad of the Tucker. year. Right, but so I still think San Diego's gonna win. Okay. With okay. okay. We'll see. So so um, we'll figure we'll we'll talk about it next week. Um, last game, Toronto Arrows versus Austin Hurd. Gil Gronies. Um, Gil Gronies. Excuse me. Gil Gronies. Um, uh, it's funny on the on the uh, schedule it still says Yeah Hurd. it still says Just Austin Hurd. So I yeah um but I think this is probably the biggest like question mark game for most. Why? Because the okay, Toronto still have to travel to a to um, yeah. Austin. Right. Austin has done a lot Re-damping. in this off, yes. off season to 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 try to fix the problems that they've had these past few years. I I think. I think this game, I think Austin to me is more of a question mark than anything. Because I, it's, I, I, maybe they won't have success this week or next week or the third week, but come week four, week five, week they six. Won't, they won't go winless this time. I, yeah, I Absolutely. don't think they will go winless. I think they will be more competitive than they've been. I agree with that. Uh, yeah, I think that their winless streak is going to continue. Now, that being said, I. I think Toronto's going to win this Oh, game. yeah, Toronto's I think win their game. winless streak will continue, but they'll get, it'll be a draw. They're not going to lose. Oh. Their losing streak will end, no. but their winless streak will continue is what I'm thinking. Ooh, hot takes. I mean, you got to – last year we had a lot of draws that I think were a lot of surprises. And I think with uh, this team, Toronto Arrows are very talented. They have um, experience in the um, playoffs. I think Austin Heard, just the fact that they have home field advantage in their nice new stadium, um, and then the just the revamping they've done, I think they'll be competitive and it'll be a draw. So, wow, I, I and also because it's week one, like and anything can happen. Any, yes, I, exactly. more so anything can happen because it's harder to prepare for those opponents. Yeah. So I'm I really like. That it's going to be a great weekend. That Absolutely. prediction. I, am, I, I think you are the bravest person <laughs> in the room by trying to predict a draw. Yeah. That's, I, as, that's, there's bound to be a draw eventually. So. True. That's true. Why not this week? Yeah. So um, on, on that, that bombshell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to wrap up the episode. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do a little bit of an extra segment um, that you'll see released you'll, a little yeah, later. We'll, um, last week's we did uh, taking professional rugby players um, in from specifically from Six Nations rosters and putting them into an NFL team. So, mm-hmm. so this next uh, upcoming uh, bonus segment we will do the, the other way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. very exciting. Thank you very much for listening. 
we'd like to say uh, thank you to Tiger uh, Tiger Vision as always. Again, we can't do this without y'all. Um, and like always, guys, go watch some rugby. Our game of the week is going to be Seattle versus San Diego. Come on, you can watch it. It's going to be on it's CBS. Be fantastic. Game. Yeah. It's it's at CBS 5 p.m. <laughs> on Sunday. You've got nothing to do. Might as well watch it. <laughs> yeah, so on that, um, I'm Ethan Richards. And I'm CJ Bagel. And this was another episode of Tiger Talk Rugby. Thank you.